This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras on 680 CJOB. Hello, welcome to the show. Happy Tuesday, of course. Jets at Noon always, uh, well, we, we carry the burden on our back. To maintain Tuesday, to make Tuesday a, a much happier day uh, during your week. Uh, I'm not sure we have so much success. I'm not sure what we're doing is actually working, but we're going to continue to do it. Dang it. Because somebody's got to push Tuesday up the hill. I know it's a 7,000 pound boulder. But Jim and I, are we, we take on that challenge. Straight uphill, both ways. Joined now, uh, of course, on the show today uh, by Tyson Rewicki. He's going to be back with us today, but he's also pushing the buttons today. Tyson, how you doing? I'm doing good. Pulling some double duty today. If you guys, yeah. If you, if you guys are pushing those boulders, then it's a, it's a good thing I did those those mountain sprints this past weekend. <laughs> if I'm pushing a boulder uphill, you're 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 moving the mountain. Producing the show as well today. So happy to have you along here, uh, Tyson. Yeah, Corey says Taco Tuesday. Yeah, that's another good part about Tuesday. Hey. There you go. Yeah, you got to be careful though, because LeBron has that trademarked Taco Tuesday. Wow, what a scumbag! <laughs> I know you're a big fan. That's oh, it. Yeah. you're a big fan of uh, the King. Oh yeah, the King. Yeah, the Goat, greatest of all time, baby. Oh, of course. Um, he's in the conversation. I can give him that. I'll give him that. He's in the conversation. Uh, lots to get to. And Jim's off this week. He'll be back next week. Uh, it'll be me and Tyson tomorrow, and then I think I'm going to be by myself for Thursday, Friday. But that'll be okay. Lots to get to over the course of the show. Um, Tyson, uh, we'll, we'll talk about this coming out of out of the Sports Minute at twelve twenty five. A little tidbit about Marion Hosley's having a goodbye game in Slovakia. Who's attending? It might surprise you. It might surprise you who's going to be taking part uh, in that game. A farewell to Marion Hosa, a Hall of Famer, of course, uh, uh, multiple Stanley Cup uh, champion uh, in in the National Hockey League uh, as well. I want to talk a little bit of. Uh, Perfetti, so maybe some Gabe Velarde. Are those going to be the two guys that the Winnipeg Jets are going to really zero in on to replace the points that have walked at the building in terms of production? I mean, PLD, Blake Wheeler. I mean, those are some guys who have put up points for the Winnipeg Jets over the last number of years. Uh, are Do the Winnipeg Jets have the horses already in their barn to replace uh, that points production. We'll talk about that as well. We also love to get your guys' thoughts. 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Text the show. And, of course, uh, this texter is really into uh, uh, Jets at Noon, Cam, Jim, Tyson, uh, turning Tuesday around. Tom Cruise is going to make my Tuesday. I guess uh, maybe he's going to go see the new Mission Impossible movie. I checked out of Mission Impossible after the second one. I'm in the same boat. I, I think I saw the third one. That one had um, uh, the guy who played Capote here in Winnipeg. Came for the, the oh movie. Uh, Hoffman, yeah, Philip, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, I saw that one, and I don't remember anything about it. And I haven't seen any of them since. I, I'm the same way. Apparently, I'm missing out because everyone seems to love them. But. I know everyone goes crazy, and I've, I'm kind of in the same boat too with Fast and the Furious. Like I think I've seen half of a fast and in the furious movie I, again that's, i checked out at too fast too furious right i which, know which i think is 18 movies ago <laughs> and there's 18 more to come there's 18 more coming down the pipe 
It's about family, you know? It's about family. Family. Um, and I, I wanted to talk. Yeah, the Winnipeg Jets, they're, they're a big family, you know? And I got 27 questions for that family. And my 27 questions are around Nick Ehlers. Now, I was looking at Cap Friendly, and please text the show your thoughts, 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Nick Ehlers is going to be a UFA, not at the end of this season, uh, but at the end of the next season. He has two more years at his deal uh, at, at $6 million. And I'm wondering, are the Winnipeg Jets going to be in a very similar situation next year as they are right now with, with Mark Scheifele and, and Connor Hellebuck? Right. And I, and I think the biggest question of those 27 questions that I have, the biggest question that I have is, can he stay healthy for the course of the season? I think he can. Um. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I think we can look to the past and compare his health and what's going to happen. I think that's a fair comparison. He, he has missed 97 games over the last five years. That's more than a regular season, if you need to know. So to say that it's likely for Nick Ehlers to miss quite a bit of time this upcoming season in terms of man hours and man games missed, I don't think you'd be out of line saying that. But I also think that, yeah, he could play 82. He could. He could stay healthy all next year. But that's the biggest question I have, because Nicky Lewis will be Winnipeg Jet next season. Uh, I'm not barring some unforeseen circumstances, but are are we going to be in a similar spot next year uh, as we are right now with with Connor Hellebuck and and Mark Shifley? Is is Ehlers going to want to go to to greener pastures? Are the Winnipeg Jets going to want to move on? I mean, you look at the prospect pool, Coming up in terms of forwards, Rutger McGroarty, Chaz Lucius, Colby Barlow, Brad Lambert. I mean, those are those are four real high-end prospects that are going to be coming up the pipe. Does it make sense to sign a guy like Nick Ehlers long-term, Tyson? I think it does, and especially right now. And you mentioned just being in the same situation next, or when Ehlers' contract is up. I think that if there was still kind of a, a roadblock there for Nick Keelers that there's, that's more of a possibility, but going into this season, he doesn't have Blake Wheeler on the right side along with him, And I think that opens up a spot on the first power play unit. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be a huge for him. That's, that's part of the reason why he's such a dynamic power play player. And I did honestly am, was kind of shocked for large portions of the season, especially when the power play was struggling so bad that you weren't going towards Nikolai Ehlers more yeah. and bringing in just that shot. And because when, when he walks down that left side and he it's, and going short side, there's not a lot of guys who, who beat goalies cleanly from that area of the ice as much as Nick Ehlers does. And that just adds an, another potent weapon there. And I think that Nick Ehlers could also potentially take on a leadership role. You look at the post game co- press conferences that happen after every game. And when Nick Ehlers was in the lineup, he was one of the more common places there for the Jets, right? Yeah. Like he was the guy who which would go up, and for the most part, he just tells it like it is too. He's not he's not shy about saying that he had a bad game. He's not going to pl- put blame on others. I think that Nick Ehlers can embrace more of a leadership role. I think that can bring more of a connection between him and the city. And I think that's the kind of guy that you would want staying in Winnipeg long term because he is a super dynamic player. It's just like, as you mentioned, can he stay healthy? Yeah, and this texter says you absolutely, and text the show 204-780-6868, you absolutely cannot 
move on from Nick Ehlers. Um, this this texter says this other one. This other texter says, when did Ehlers' injury woes begin? I hear the Caps were asking about him. Well, you know, the, actually, this is and this is the real interesting thing um, about Nick Ehlers was that it's it sort of started five years ago. Um, because if you look at Nick Ehlers' seasons, of course, all with the Winnipeg Jets, um, he stayed relatively healthy. I mean, his only two uh, 82-game seasons came in 2017 and 2018 when he played every single game. And then injuries started to sort of slow him down over the last five years. But, um, like, he missed t- 10 games in, the, in his first year as a rookie. But I, I, don't, I don't think that's anything short of what's expected, you know, a rookie getting into the league, there's going to be bumps and bruises. You're going to miss time. Uh, but he, he was, he was the healthiest in his first two years. So that's what I'm saying. Like, like a lot of guys get sort of injury prone attached to them. And I don't, I don't, I don't like that. I mean, we've, there's so many examples, Steven Stamkos, Sidney Crosby. It's a long list of guys that have had lots of injuries um, over the course of, of their career early, earlier on or mid whatever. And then they're able to overcome them. Uh, the the one thing that I, and I I I think if uh, head coach Rick Bonus would even agree with this Tyson, I I, I think that Ehlers is not being used enough and he can be better utilized by the team, and I think Rick Bonus would would agree with that. I think even uh, at points during the season he said he lost Ehlers. He had to apologize to him after the game. Um, that was his mistake that he didn't get Ehlers out there. Um, and and I and I looked at his share of of possible out out uh, possible ice time. He was, uh, and of course, this is all based on on games that he did play. Uh, he only played 45 games last year, uh, but 25.9%, he had a 25.9% share of possible ice time behind Kyle Connor, Mark Scheifele, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Wheeler, Nino Niederreiter, Mason Appleton, and Adam Lowry. Uh, but I also found this very interesting. While he was first on the team in points per 60, that means... Uh, when you average it out and you you, put, you crunch all the numbers together uh, per 60 minutes, a full game, he was first on the team in points per just uh, quite a bit ahead of, of Kyle Connor even by uh, 0.39 points. But he had by far the lowest zone, uh, the lowest um, defensive zone starts. And I think that that moves things uh, in the other direction in terms of where his defensive stats are. And also the one big thing that I think is is sort of plaguing Nick Ehlers and perhaps is something that affects his ice time um, is his usage with the puck and, and his turnovers. Second highest amongst forwards in defensive zone turnovers. Only Pierre-Luc Dubois was higher, quite a bit higher. And third highest amongst forwards in overall turnovers. Shifley and Pierre-Luc Dubois were higher. Uh, and, and, and I think in a situation, it's how those, those were created. And, you know, Blake Wheeler, fewest turnovers per the top six. Um, and I, I think that was something that Rick Bonus really started to zero in on and, and, and start to shut down. But last on the team in, in defensive zone starts, um, and it, it's sort of my expectation that that helps his, his, his positive defensive numbers. Do I think Nick Ehlers is being uh, utilized uh, to his potential on the Winnipeg Jets? Uh, no, I don't. But this year, just as you said, Tyson, uh, it's wide open here. I mean, like Blake Wheeler is not on the right side. This is, that's Nick Ehlers' spot. There's no question about it here. There's no, hey, that's he's the captain, even though he didn't have the C last year. That's his spot. That's his spot on the power play. Um, even though you know uh, Blake Wheeler didn't didn't play as much in the power plays he had done in previous years. Um, but yeah, I, I I think I think we could see a really really great year from from Nick Ehlers this this upcoming year. He's just got to clean up. He's got to be he's got to be better with the puck. 
He's got to stop uh, turning the puck over so much. And particularly, if he's going to use his speed, he has to use it uh, to optimize his play. It can't just be... It can't just be skating fast around for the sake of skating fast. It has to be, it has to create something. And for the most part, that's what happens. But when it doesn't, it goes the other way. Right. And I think you're mentioning like when you you sort of get that rag where he's going around the perimeter of the whole offensive zone and it looks flashy and it looks good. Right. But it's pretty easy to defend. You keep everyone you let, what you want to do is keep guys to the outside. And so if you're letting them skate around that's, that plays right into the D zone strategy right there. Yeah. It's it, it needs there needs to be a more I want to say aggressive style to his play and not necessarily on the physicality front, but getting into those dirty areas around the net, driving the puck more and I I get that he's a smaller guy and some of those bigger D men will occasionally yeah. win the battles against him, but this is this is the NHL right here. Like you're going to have to find different ways to score instead of just relying on your speed and shot. And I think that he has a really good opportunity to do that. And his contract is coming up. So, yeah. so he has some stuff to prove. Yeah. And here's the, the funny thing too, about Nick Ehlers is over the last three years, the less ice time he's got, the more he's produced in terms of offense, which is, which is interesting. That's what the numbers suggest. So anyways, uh text message, two Oh four, seven, eight, zero 68, 68. We've, uh, we've got some stuff uh, on this. Um, we'll continue on with, uh, with these conversations here. Uh, this guy, this texter says, Hey guys, stop mentioning Wheeler and Dubois. They're gone now. Well, when we're comparing it to last year's offense, sorry, they were big parts of this team, big points producers. There's guys we have to talk about those guys. Those points on the ice are what the Winnipeg Jets are going to have to replace next year. And it's 118 points. And that's what we'll talk about when we come back after 1230. Jets at noon on 6-8 CJOB. Well, it's 19 degrees right now in Winnipeg at the Winnipeg Richardson International Airport. We're having a little uh, issue with our temperature gauge, um, but it is 19 out there. Thank you very much, Aaron. Uh, I'm here, Cam Poitras, Tyson Rewicki. He's there. Hello, Tyson. Hello. He's pushing the buttons today. Uh, Jim Toth is off. He will be back next week. Kyle texts the show. We're talking about Nick Ehlers in the last segment. Kyle says this injury pro narrative about Ehlers is absolutely wrong and a total trash take. Ehlers is one of the few guys in the Jets who can produce at even strength. That is true. He certainly does do that. Uh, the Jets can't afford to lose him. Jets coaching is terrible and doesn't know how to utilize a talent like Ehlers. Well, you know, and 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 Kyle just in sort of the defense, and I, I would admit, I don't think Ehlers is properly utilized. I think if you ask the Winnipeg coaching staff, I think they would say the same thing. Um, that they need to give him more opportunities. But the fact of the matter is he does not get last in the league, last on the team in defensive zone starts. And when I say last on the team, like 7% of his starts on the ice are in the defensive zone. He's playing sheltered minutes, right? So he's, he's great offensively, but there's obviously some stuff and there's a reason why um, uh, they're, they're putting in, in, in those positions. And that's something he's been consistently at the bottom of is defensive zone starts for the team. But do I think that the Winnipeg Jets coaching staff properly utilizes Nick Ehlers? I do not think they do, that they do. I think that you're going to see him uh, as a number one guy. I mean, do you think that Gabe Velarde at some point in the year would would pass him up there? Like, I, I mean, if if Gabe Velarde takes over the 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 number one line uh, on right wing before he eventually makes his move to center, which I think everyone thinks he will. Um, 
I, I think that's on Nick Ehlers. I think that's his fault. And I think that's also a good news, bad news sort of scenario, right? Yeah. That, that, that means that either Gabe Velarde is playing out of his mind and he's just vaulted. He's taking a next step in his play or Nick Ehlers has taken a step back, right? Like that's sort of the, the trade-off there. It's, in, it's, it's, it's interesting because there's a lot of players, a lot of the skilled players too. You, you're crazy if you don't think those coaches go nuts with some of those guys, right? Some of the skilled players and skilled players are going to turn the puck over. That's just kind of what the way it is. When you have the puck that much, there's going to be times where you don't make the right pass or you don't make the right yeah. decision. So it's kind of give and take. I think you do need to lean into Nick Ehlers and really give him a chance, really give him some sustained ice time out there. Cause like you mentioned, he's really not getting much of the way in, re- in even strength ice time. Yeah. And now if you can add on just some, some top power play unit there, get him up to 16, 17, 18 minutes a night. I think you see his point totals rise up. And I think that just lifts the Jets as a whole too. Yeah, in terms of like the ice time, I mean, Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Wheeler, Nino Niederreiter, uh, Mason Appleton, Lowry all had more consistent ice time than Nick Ehlers did. Um, in terms of like shift percentage and all and all that sort of thing. So I I, I think Ehlers needs, and, and if he's going to be on the first unit power play, which he should be, um, and he's going to be on the line with 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 Kyle Connor and and Mark Shifley, and they're one. They you put blinders on them, and it's like go out and score, and you'll have balance in the other in the other lines where there'll be more of a defensive uh, a defensive tone. I, I you know what 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 could happen? I mean, it's it's really interesting. Uh, this texter says, "Hi there, trade Ehlers whenever it's possible." Played only sixty two percent of regular season games in the last four years. Playoff is nothing special. Flies around the ice, not knowing where to go. Similar to Burmistroff. And the one thing that ticks me off after he loses the puck or gets knocked down, he slides down the ice on his knees, looking at the rafters while the play is uh, now going back the other way. Sorry to be down on him, but get assets from him. As obvious, uh, this team uh, has Lucius McGrory, Lamberts, Barlow's in the future. Uh, he is absolutely injury prone. That from uh, a texter. Hey, throw your name on there. Two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. Use your use your real name if possible. It's just nice to uh, you know get these text messages and and, and say um, and say a name like I, I kind of agree with some of what the texter is saying, and I and I particularly I, I think it's a real interesting thought when you look at the Lucius's, the McGordys, the Lamberts, the Barlows coming up down the pipe. Um, is is Ehlers a part of the long term future, or is he a part of the short term future of these teams? Because those guys are going to need some seasoning. I mean, McGordy's going back uh, to the Wolverines in Michigan next year. Uh, Lambert and Lucius likely going to be Manitoba on the on the Manitoba Moose um, to start at least. Uh, Barlow, I mean, he's going to be a while away. I mean, he's going back to Owen Sound this upcoming year, and I don't think you're going to be looking to rush him into the National Hockey League before he's ready. And um, I think that's just uh, the ongoing situation here. So it's, it's it's things are not pending. It's it's three years, two or three years minimum for those guys uh, to really come into the league and be and be impact players. Uh, I, I think Brad Lambert. Would you agree with that? Tyson's probably the closest, just based on who he's played against and playing against adults and all that sort of thing. Yeah, I would agree with that yeah. for sure. And, and even with the, on the Ealers trade front too, if you were to move him right now, you're moving him at probably near his lowest value that he's had in, in quite some time. Yeah. Just with the injury and the ice time. Cause NHL GMs will look at a player's ice time and they'll see, Hey, this guy's, we think this guy's pretty good, but he's not getting the ice time. So if you guys don't think he should be getting ice time, why, you know, it's, it, it's just that kind of negotiation game that goes, that goes on in trade discussion. So yeah. I think 
now would be a poor time to do it. And I think Ehlers fits in really well with the young guys coming up too. Like you look at Rutger McGordy and Colby Barlow. I, I love both prospects. They're not the greatest skaters though. That's kind of like their one knock, right? So you keep a guy like Nikolai Ehlers who can really burn. I think he just compliments those two guys perfectly. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's lots of stuff that still needs to shake out here. Uh, this texter says, loving that comment. Uh, agreed. Uh, earlier as well, uh, realistically, should Wheeler have been second unit power play? I'm not sure. Maybe he was first. Who is creating off the wall this season? Dubois, when he was on, was great in front of the net. Perhaps the new pieces from L.A. or Nino can fill that void. Uh, maybe Perfetti on the sidewall. Uh, Gabe, this is the answer to this. Gabe Velarde loves the front of the net. Loves it. And and Nino Ryder a full season with him. Another guy that loves the front of the net. Right? And so I think, I think in terms of... Uh, the front of the net, the net presence. I, I, I think you got you. I don't think you need to be looking for anyone else. I think they're there. Uh, in terms of creating off the wall this season, uh, Tyson, I don't know. Do you have thoughts on that? Well, Kyle Connors, yeah, just so skilled. And, and sorry, I was just wanted to ask you. Do you think that Nino and Velarde would be both net front on the same unit, or sort of ones on the first unit, ones on the second? Yeah, I, 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 I think just based on. Gabe Velarde's got real good hands, yeah. right? And I, I, I think you'd have him, you'd put him in front of the net. Yeah. And I think when you see the power play, the first unit power play keep going in uh, when things uh, really start to, to shake out uh, during training camp, I think it's going to be Gabe Velarde in front of the net. I think it's going to be Mark Scheifele in the slot or behind, right behind the net in that sort of um, in that uh, bumper spot. And I, I think you'll have Nick Ehlers and, and Kyle Connor on the wings, and, and you'll have uh, Josh Morrissey up top. That's what I think. The that's how I think the power play is going to look. I love that, and yeah. especially with, like with Velarde, you can get creative too. And that's sort of, I feel like that was part of the problem with the Jets' power play last season is that there was sometimes it was too telegraphed. There was too it was too stagnant, and there wasn't enough movement there. Whether that be you know like there's so many times where Kyle Connor, as great as of a shot that he has, he just kind of standing at the top of the dot waiting for a one-timer and every now and then you're going to get a puck you're going to get a shot through and it's going to go in the net but it's you need to keep the other team on their toes and with Gabe Velarde with how skilled he is and how how silky his hands are you can roll him in front of the net and then have him peel back behind the net he can work he can kind of quarterback the yeah the, the power play unit from behind the net if guys are overloading too much to one side on Kyle Connor or Nikolai Ehlers on those wing spots and then you just, that just leaves more space for Mark Shifley to operate in the slot, in the bumper. And we've seen before, Mark Shifley doesn't need a whole lot of room to get a shot off. No, he certainly doesn't. Real tight end. Like, he's he's got that sort of elite ability. To, he doesn't need much room. It was like uh, the one person I think of that is probably maybe the best in the league of that is, is Patrick Laine. Yeah. You know, just with, with no room, can just get off a rocket. Um, so, so. Do the Winnipeg Jets have that replacement? I mean, you have Pierre-Luc Dubois, 63 points last year. Blake Wheeler, 55 points. Uh, that's 118 points of production, right? And in terms of what they've brought in, Gabe Velarde had 41 points last year. Um, Rasmus Kupari had 15. That brings that up to, uh, to uh, 50. Uh, that brings that up uh, to 56 points. Uh, you add that to Alex, Alex Iafalo, and that goes um, all the way into fifty-one. So fifty-one. Uh, I mean, it's, I mean, it's 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 a big jump. And I, I, my math is my math is really really bad on that, by the way. So I got just, uh, but but I'm, what I'm trying to say is that there's points that need to be replaced, 
right? There's points that are gone, 92 points. So um, that's what those th- three guys have had. Uh, but but there's but there's missing missing scoring there, and I, and I wonder where Cole Perfetti can go next year. I mean, I, I wonder um, what what his game can can sort of reach. And and I'll ask you first, but I think I think Cole Perfetti. I think over the course of the year, he's going to start growing into a two-way center. I think he's going to, but I think I can put him in conservatively at about 55 points. Yeah. I think he's going to get, he's going to hit 20 goals and I think he'll get about 35 or so assists. Um, and he ends the year is in a, in, 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 in a real, real good spot where we've seen a lot of growth from him. Yeah, I agree with you. I didn't, I would, Wanted to be conservative. I'm a huge Culper Fetty fan. I did, I did 50 points, so we're only a couple off there. But this might be a hot take. I think he's the smartest hockey player on the Jets right now. Scholastic player. Another it's, one of the Jets' scholastic players. Oh, the, the scholastic book fairs. You know, like those guys were those guys were digging in deep in grade school. You got to get your Captain Underpants novel <laughs> somewhere. But the scholastic book fairs. The Guinness Book of World Records, too. Those, <laughs> were, those are always a classic. Goosebumps. Um... <laughs> But yeah, like Cole Perfetti, you just need to give that guy time. You just need to give him, let him develop, let him get used to the pace of play that is the NHL, let him build some more strength. I think he's the perfect center to put with any, you could put anyone on his line and he will make that player better. I think he yeah. has that potential. And I honestly think that as soon as this year, we could see him take that next step, maybe get into the 60 point range. Yeah. That's why I think they're going to, they're going to start him off with, with Gabe Velarde. And I, I, I think this year is about a big part of it. They want to see where, where Cole Perfetti can develop down the middle. That's why I think he's going to be with some, with some of the bigger guys. I think it's going to be Nito Niederreiter. Um, and I, I think it's going to be Gabe Velarde to start the year on either side, just so that they can gain some confidence of some guys with some, some, some sort of bigger bodies out there that can protect him. And we saw that with Cole Perfetti over the, at the end of the year, like what you were seeing was him learning the ropes of offense in, in, in the national hockey league. Oh, I got a one time it there. Oh, this time I got to hold onto the puck a little bit longer, but in this instance, Hey, I got to shoot at that time, or this is how I can create space for myself. And I, I think there's a great there's a great there's a great trajectory there uh, in terms of Gabe Velarde, um, I think just based on on where he's going, I, I'm I'm thinking we you can see 70 points from him. I don't think he's going to crack 30 goals. I think he'll get 28, a very specific number. Uh, but I think if he's going to be on that first unit power play, I think he's good for 40 assists. He's going to chip in some some goals too as well. Yeah, and that's where it gets interesting too because if Ferfetti's on your first power play. That probably means one of Ehlers and Connor is going to be on the second unit, right? Like if you if you have Gabe Velarde and Shifley in that bumper, Colbert Fetty on the right side, one of Ehlers or Connor on the other side, and then yeah. Josh Morrissey at the point being your quarterback. And that's another thing that I actually thought about offense coming in. We talk about up front a lot, but even on the back end, I think there's still a little bit more from a couple D-men there to give. And you also have to take into consideration that as unfortunately, Morrissey's probably due for a little bit of a regression. No, I, I, I think that is a hundred percent reality. Yeah. I, I just think he's going to just take, I think he's going to get, he's going to pull more, uh, more players to him this year coming up. And I just think there's, I think there need, there's needs to be the expectations of a regression this year. I don't think he's going to be as, as successful offensively this season. Totally. But 
at the same time, I don't think Neil Pionk is going to be as bad as he was in the offensive no, end this season. No, so, I, I think Neil Pionk is going to is going to grow a little grow a little bit. I think he's just going to. I think he's he. You saw him start to get more comfortable at the end of the season. He had a real tough start, but as things went on, he he got he got better. And you know what? I think so as well. I think you're going to see a little bit more offensive touch from Dylan Sandberg. I agree. Yeah, I th- yeah. I think you're going to see more from him. Anyways, let's take a break. On the other side, uh, Tyson made me aware of this. Marion Hosa having a goodbye game in Slovakia. It's going to be coming up in a month's time, August 18th. Who is on the lineup? Oh, boy. Well, there's a there's a Winnipegger on there, and there's also a former Winnipeg Jet. Whole bunch of fan Who favorites. Who could that be? We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Oh, man. That's like, is that NHL 08? Before your time. I think it's earlier. I think it'd be earlier that song. Dang. I'm actually you think I played that game lots, uh Tyson Wiki on my old Xbox three sixty? Oh, I think you've played it quite a bit. I maybe actually, once or twice. I, I remember the when the when the skill stick came out. Oh. That's I never got I couldn't do that. Revolutionary. Yeah, revolution. Where is it now? Where's the skill stick now? I don't think the game's changed in like ten years. No, it's, exact, it's the exact same. There was like it it made a big leap. Like I remember it was on Oh God, we're showing our age here. I remember when it was on PlayStation Two and I saw the graphics and I'm like, that's the best thing I've ever seen. It can never get better than that. But it was still like press square to shoot. Press, you know, press X to shoot. And then, then they started using the joysticks, and then the game has been exactly the same since then. Yeah. Literally no change. Yeah. No, nothing beats the big head hockey, too. I oh. think it was 04 or 06, one of those two. Yeah. And it was just it was the, just an all-time game mode. <laughs> it was all-time. Yeah, it was all-time. Yeah, and then everybody looked exactly the same back then, yeah. too. It's like, <laughs> like, like right they, they couldn't do any editing. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, text the show 204-780-6868-204-780-6868. Uh, Tyson made me aware of this. Marion Hosa, three-time Stanley Cup champ, the Chicago Blackhawks, spent some time with the Red Wings, spent some time with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, he's having a goodbye game. It's going to be the last game he ever plays, apparently. It's for charity. I'm assuming... You know, he's probably going to go out on the ice and shoot the puck around. But, you know, in terms of charity games and stuff like that, uh, he's done. And it's going to be, oh, you're going to, how do you think, how how good do you think my Slovak is? I think you got this. I think it's pretty good. Trenchin? I can't, I can't help you out there. I think there. it's Trenchin. <laughs> I think it'll be on August 18th in Trenchin, Slovakia, which is his hometown. If anybody knows... If I, if I nailed it, let me know, 204-780-6868. If I botched it, let me know as well, 204-780-6868. But here's the lineup, okay, of the people that are going to be participating in this charity game. Nick Lidstrom, Zdeno Chara, Nicholas Jalmerson, Martin Havlat, Patrick Sharp, Marion Gabrick, Daniel Alfredson, Jonathan Taves and Dustin Bufflin. Oh, let's go. Amongst other guys. Bring him out of retirement. Dustin Bufflin's turning out the Slovakia. I wonder if... (laughs) 
I, well, what do you like? What do you think? That's pretty sweet, eh? Like Dustin Bufflin's going to be there in Slovakia playing in this charity game. That is a stacked lineup. For I, I can't believe he got all those guys to come in for it. Yeah, I mean, like Marion Hosa must have been the biggest beauty on every team he played for. Yeah, all these guys wanted to go back and play. It's play cr- it's them. crazy. Yeah. But I noticed that there's no one from his time with the Thrashers. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. You know, I thought for sure, you know, you'd see Kovalchuk or something. Exactly. Well, they probably don't want any. Maybe Victor Kozlov. They probably don't want Russians. Around, but, uh, Jonathan Taves on that list, too. What does that say? What does that tell you? Is that I, I is that just him? You know, he's going to go out there, have some fun with some old teammates? Or, I mean, everybody else on that list is not playing anymore. I think, unfortunately, we may be seeing the end of Jonathan Taves' career. I know at the and end of the year when he was, um, when he was not going to get re-signed with Chicago... Uh, he said he wanted to keep playing and the team said he was going to play next year with someone else, but maybe that was just hopeful. I mean, he's got to be healthy first before yeah, I mean, it, first and foremost, he's been through a lot the past couple of years, right? Like it's maybe it is time and he's done, he's done everything in hockey. He's won a cup, won a gold medal, won a world juniors. He's been involved in some of the best moments in hockey history. Like what a career for Taves. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We'll see. Nothing's nothing set in stone yet. But anyways, thank you very much. Hey, great job, Tyson. We'll be back tomorrow. Great job producing the show and uh, co-hosting it as well. Pulling double duty. Uh, I'll be back here same time tomorrow. See ya. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB.